everyone. Thanks for tuning in to The Real Deal Show, presented by eBodyBoarding.com and Tribe Boards. On today's episode, we had poured all this gasoline on the flame. I remember Danny Kim took a match, walked over and tossed it on this big pile of palm fronds. And it was like an atom bomb, man. You had this mushroom fireball came out of this thing and like blew us back. Hey folks, Jay Real with The Real Deal Show back at you with another episode. And in the last episode, I went through one of the old bodyboarding magazines. It's kind of fun to look back on these old issues. Uh, and I was given a, a volume of bound editions from 1988, which was really my first full year as a professional bodyboarder. It was a super exciting time in the sport. Some will call it the golden era of the sport of bodyboarding. I certainly would. Um, so this episode, I'm going to cover the April-May, uh, sorry, 1988 edition of Bodyboarding Magazine, and this featured Kai Santos on the cover, as you can see. Kai was uh, from Hawaii, from the south side, um, over near Sandy Beach in Makapu, and he was a charger at the time. He would go on anything and everything. And uh, you can see that epic cover shot right there. Pretty sure that's a Tom Boyle shot. Um, I went over some of the ads in the last episode. I want to go over some of the um, articles in this one because there's some really fun articles. If I see an ad that I think is worthy of you know, showing you guys, I will certainly pull that up. I mentioned that a lot of surfing companies were advertising in the bodyboarding magazines back in those days, they really wanted to get in that new market. There's a good example. Quicksilver was sponsoring Jack the Ripper Lindholm, who's one of the pioneers in our sport, and they ran full-page ads all the time. Um, Airwalk, Body Glove, you know, a lot of skateboarding crossover I mentioned. Um, and then, you know, uh, of course, the bodyboard brands from back in the day. One of the things that was kind of uh, popular back then was the webbed gloves. Um, we still sell those on e-bodyboarding. They were kind of trendy back in those days. And you saw I held up a picture for those of you listening to the podcast and not watching YouTube. Held up a picture of an ad that showed some really bright colored uh, gloves there. Um, this is a unique product, I should say, in the bottom corner here. There's a, an ad here for a company called Body Blade, and this is a one-piece molded board that had sort of a hull on it. The most um, similar product on the market today, I would say, would be the Wave Skater brand of bodyboards, one-piece molded board with sort of that hull bottom, kind of unique. Um, there was always entertaining letters uh, here in the magazine from people all over the country um, sending in stuff. Uh, but this um, this ad I'm going to show you here, it was for the Plexifast Hard Bottom Kit. So basically this was like a, a hard piece of plastic that you screwed onto the bottom of your board. It basically was a bodyboard protector. It says Plexifast hard bottoms protect your bodyboard from the sun, sand, rock, and reef, while, that's, while at the same time giving you a slicker, harder bottom surface for faster, quicker rides. And they were based in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, not really a mecca of big waves or bodyboarding or anything. There's, of course, waves there occasionally, but... That was pretty unique. Who knows how many people spent money on that. Um, 
an article in here uh, covers the PSAA season opener. I mentioned in one of my early shows um, about the PSAA, Professional Surfers Association, Surfing Association of America, which really put on the first full-on domestic tour, uh, aside from the Mori events that were going on up and down the coast. Um, these guys actually had pretty solid prize money. It was a full professional tour, not just um, pros and amateurs like the Mori ones did. And this covers you know, the, the, the season opener event, which um, happened to be up in Ocean Beach, San Francisco, and I'll never forget that event because, man, the waves were absolutely macking. It was just cranking at that event. Um, I see my name in here. I was listed as a, quote, young Turk. <laughs> I love hearing that. Thank you, Eric Fairbanks, who wrote that article. Um, I ended up getting third place in this event. Um, and I just remember uh, the waves being just macking. It was crazy huge. And I remember in some heats, people couldn't even make it out because it was so big uh, in the early rounds. By the, I think by the final day, it had dropped off, but it was still like head high plus. So um, good times out there in Ocean Beach, San Francisco, which we ended up having that event two or three years after that. And then uh, they got rid of the event. I think the locals really didn't want the event up there and they did not lay out the welcome mat for that. Um, this also covers the national amateur championships. You can see that article up there. Um, and it looks like this particular year, the event was in at North Padre Island in Texas. And there's a little you know, wave there with Chris Cunningham, who was one of the top amateurs of those days, um, riding a, you know, a reasonable wave. Um, and, uh, the junior men's division was won by Kainoa McGee. Chris Cunningham got second. Chris Granoni, who later went on to run the BIA tour here in Southern California, he got first in the men's and Rochelle Perry, uh, won the women's. So that was pretty unique. We, uh, the last episode of The Real Deal Show, I talked about the Captain Turbo ad. So those continued on in here. Another cartoon featuring Captain Turbo. Really, really intricate artwork. Really cool cartooning by Russ Brown, who owned, again, Turbo Surf Designs. It was a shop in Hawaii where they had unique boards. And um, uh, Russ would love to talk story. He was a very unique, eccentric guy and made you know, just made everybody feel welcome when they came into his shop. Super cool guy. Um, moving on, there's an article here that's pretty cool. Pound for pound, which shore break is the best? And it actually has a chart that talks, that rates um, the different shore breaks for a whole bunch of different criteria. Adrenaline rush, tube time, consistency, aesthetics, and each of these people had to rate those. And so the weigh-in, the winner was by far Waimea Shore Break with Sandy Beach coming in second. Um, here's a shot, or not a shot, but an ad for Mori Boogie Bodywear. That's three pictures of yours truly there. Uh, they were a clothing brand that Mori licensed out. Um, and they used to supply my clothes. Um, How-to was a big thing in the late 80s. A lot of articles, how to do different kinds of stuff. Um, and this particular one, uh, 
You have um, how to duck dive and how to surf like a star. How to surf like a star. That's a pretty broad term, but basically it it shows it talks about how to improve your bodyboarding. Um, there was also how to take the drop, how to get to the beach, how to jockey for position. Long, long articles about these different topics. Of course, there's videos on YouTube. Some of those on our eBodyboarding YouTube how-to channels of how to do a lot of this stuff. How to get your mug in the mag. That's a pretty cool one, man. Um, Tom Boyle wrote this one, and he talked about, um, you know, basically the the science of getting good photos and how important communicating with the photographer you're working with is, figuring out who needs to be in what position and the lighting and all that kind of stuff that's important for taking pictures. Here's a cool shot. Holly Reeves and Kai Santos uh, jumping off the rocks into the water. Um, and the funny thing about that is they were doing that really for the photo because that – place where they jumped off the rocks is at Shark's Cove on the North Shore. Anyone who's ever been there knows it's a heavy, gnarly, just swirling cauldron when there's a big swell, and there's not really a surf spot there. There's sort of a little crummy spot once in a while, but they were they just climbed out there and jumped. And it is no accident, by the way, that Haoli Reeves has tilted his board toward the camera for the stuff I mentioned in earlier shows about photo incentive. He got all his logos in the shot there and made some good money. So he jumped off, tilted his board towards the camera. He's no dummy. Trust me, that guy. He was, you know, one of the top pros of that era. Um, There's also uh, how to take care of your wetsuit, paddle efficiently, how to win a contest. And this one's pretty funny, how to get attacked by a shark by Sam George. So he's, he's basically talking about what you shouldn't be doing, right? So if you want to get attacked, you should like surf at dusk, surf in front of a river mouth, that kind of stuff. So it's really sort of a reverse psychology article, I guess you could say, and how to get tubed with my old buddy, Sean Polson. Drop me barrel there for Sean. So pretty cool uh, how-to, and they just go on and on. In fact, here's a shot of me, and this is a an article about etiquette, and that shot is of me with San Clemente surfer Jim Hogan dropping in on me. I remember this. This was at Rocky Point Lefts on the north shore of Oahu, and, uh, you know, that's the one time when dro- getting dropped in on actually paid off for me because... I can see my bubblegum logo there, and so I probably got paid by bubblegum, or at least I submitted it to them for payment for photo incentive. And just they keep going on and on, these how-to articles. I'm still going through these. This was one that I was involved in. It was how to do a board sacrifice or how to conjure up big surf. You see that shot there? That is a shot of me, excuse me, holding up. I believe is a Mach 4. Um, I talked briefly in a previous show about my first winter on the North Shore, and I lived in a house with Keith Sasaki, who's in that photo, and Danny Kim was a, a part-time guest, and we had Mori photo shoots, and when we were done with the shoot, we had all these boards that we had used in the photo shoot. They were used, and some of them were pretty beat up, And we decided, let's do a board sacrifice. That's the way you conjure up Big Surf. You do a board sacrifice. So we went to Rocky Point, 
And we found a bunch of palm fronds, dried out ones, and we piled them up on the beach. It was Cave and Okamura, myself, Keith, Danny Kim. I don't remember who else. Obviously, this girl, I think that was Gina, um, who was Brian Bielman's wife at the time. He's a photographer. And anyway, so we took a can of gas. We poured it on the palm fronds to make sure that it would light up for our little photo shoot for the board sacrifice. And then we took a couple of boards. This is super irresponsible because I'm sure we polluted the atmosphere. You know, we were stupid. It was 1988 for crying out loud. So anyway, we lit boards on fire. And when we, but before we did that, we had poured all this gasoline on the flame. I remember Danny Kim took a match, walked over and tossed it on this big pile of palm fronds. And it was like an atom bomb, man. You had this mushroom fireball came out of this thing and like blew us back. It was so hot. Um, But anyway, we burned maybe one or two boards. Cave and Okamura, I remember, held up one of the boards over his head for one of the shots. And some of the plastic from the board dripped onto his arm and burnt a hole right through like two or three layers of his skin. So he was out of the water for a couple days after that. Uh, that little stunt that we did. Um, there's a profile in here. They would do profiles occasionally on Kevin Serve. He was one of the top California riders of the day. Kevin had a real unique style. He was good at prone, but he would also do stand-up riding using one swim fin. So he would go out with a barefoot and one swim fin, and he would stand up, and he would do these crazy multiple 360s. Um, but he was also really good prone. You can See, I'm holding up a page here where he's doing stand-up and he's doing a rollo, a little sequence there. Um, so Kevin, you know, he was a very jovial guy, super non-intense. I don't think he really liked to compete all that much, but he was really good at it. Um, and then here's an article I wrote called Winter Heat. So it's a long article that goes over what went down that winter on the North Shore, winter of 87, 88, which was my first winter over there. I mentioned I had a house at Waimea Bay with the likes of Keith Sasaki and uh, pro surfer Andy Fomenko, and we had a sort of a revolving door of guests. Kevin Okamura lived there too, but his twin brother Stephen would come stay with us. Uh, We had Danny Kim kind of coming in and out, Sean Polson. We just had a blast, man. We would we were near Waimea Bay, so we were always there when we would dig out the river to ride the stationary wave there. Back in those days, there was no cell phones, no internet, so you know we would just look at it and we oh it looks like we could dig the river today. And we'd show up, and if people were driving by, that's how they'd find out. Or maybe somebody would call someone on a landline from their house or a payphone, maybe even. I think there was a payphone down there, maybe. Anyway. So I just go over in this article, really, what went down every single day. Here's, a, here's just a, cl- a clip, one paragraph that I wrote. I don't know exactly how, but I wake up every day at 7 a.m. Some mornings, I'm awakened by the rich, salty smell of a warm, tropical breeze blowing through my window. Other times, it's the sound of palm trees swinging in trade winds. But most days, it's Danny Kim flushing the toilet. So, you know, I try to throw a little humorous tone into the, uh, into the article and talk about all kinds of stuff. But 
really my goal with that article was to mention, I had some uh, direction from the editor of Bodyboarding Mag. He wanted me to cover what you do every day, who the hot riders are of the day, name some of them, talk about why they're so good, and just talk about the whole vibe. So that's what I covered uh, in this article. It's really fun to read. Obviously, I'm not going to read the article to you, but Tons of really cool shots. Uh, this is an iconic shot. I was actually on the beach at Waimea Shore Break, body surfing. I think we had broke, maybe broken. No, we hadn't broken the river, but we were just cruising on the beach because we lived right up the hill in that house. And Mike Stewart went out with Don King, who was, again, legendary photographer of that day. And Don had a Hasselblad, which is a large format camera that takes these absolutely, at least at that time, Absolutely super sharp, really detailed photos, large format uh, film, I should say. So he went out there with Mike. He had a flash on the housing. Mike pulled into a wave at the point, Waimea. They call it pinballs when it's really small. Really small, I mean like six-foot face. That's small for Waimea. Mike pulled into this wave, got that shot, and look, got a two-page spread out of the deal. Another cool thing they used to do is a reader's poll. So they would put a list of some of the top writers of the day, and readers of the magazine could vote, cut out this page, and literally mail it into the magazine. And every year they would crown a, a reader's poll winner. Um, I managed to make that top 10 of the reader's poll several years. I think my highest ranking was third or fourth, maybe. Not sure about that. I can't remember. But I have a bunch of the uh, trophies and stuff that they used to give us. Pretty neat. Um, here's, you know, I, I showed in the last episode this uh, hard bottom kit. And here's yet another one. It's another company that sold a basically a sheet of plastic that you could screw into the bottom of your bodyboard to make it go faster, which was sort of obsolete since bodyboards already had slick bottoms back in those days. So I have no idea um, if they sold any of those or not. Um, some really cool ads back in those days. And again, I mentioned cartoonish ads. This was one of the classics. If you can see this, it's the Surf Animals by Sentinel. Sentinel was an offshoot of BZ bodyboards that was geared more towards the recreation market and they had characters they had ricky and duke and k little cartoon character body porters back in the day so i don't think anyone really knew what direction the sport was going to go back then um and you had you know just funky weird ads this this is cool ahi the ahi board ridden by andy fomenko he's a pro surfer um, right there. And that board is, there's a funny story behind that. Andy was one of my, was my roommate, one of my roommates on the North shore that winter. And our photographer friend, Hank wanted us, one of us to ride this board so he could get some shots, get some ad shots for this company. They'd commissioned him to do that. Um, Keith and I rode for Mori bodyboards. We couldn't ride a competing board brand. So Andy took that thing out um, on a small wave, but really they wanted, the company wanted somebody to drop into a big wave at pipe on it. 
So we got to pipe one day and it was pretty solid and Hank was shooting photos and he had the ahi board. He was hoping to get some sucker to go out there and ride this thing, which was essentially like almost like a, just a piece of styrofoam. And so we said, look, we'll take pictures. Keith and I will take pictures with your camera. You go out there, Hank, and you catch some waves. And sure enough, he paddled out and proceeded to airdrop into oblivion and get guillotined in the back trying to ride the ahi board. And needless to say, they end up using a shot of Andy on a small wave because they couldn't really get the shots uh, from Pipeline that they were hoping for. Um, and finally, on the back cover of this mag, this was me on the Mach 20 RS. And the story behind that is Maury had just come out with that board. It had retractable skegs, which was what the RS stands for. And um, they wanted you know one of us to ride the board um, nobody really wanted to ride it. It had the vinyl deck, which was really slippery, and you had these little fin boxes on the deck that would kind of scrape up your stomach if you rubbed across them the wrong way. Um, but I knew that if I rode the board and got a couple of waves, that I would get the ad, and therefore potentially photo incentives you know, from my other sponsors. In this case... Um, I, Maury didn't want us wearing any wetsuits or any tops. They wanted us just in a pair of trunks for all the photo shoots. But I did have my clothing sponsor, Maury Bodywear. And sure enough, you can see I'm wearing the shorts there in that shot. So I probably got some photo incentive from them, which was great. Maury wasn't going to, Maury Bodyboards wasn't going to pay me photo incentive for an ad that they were running, of course. So I couldn't collect from them. But I did get the ad shot doing that air on the Mach 20 RS. I think that was at Rocky Point, but I can't remember for sure. Anyway, so that is that episode, uh, episode, that issue of Bodyboarding Magazine from 1988. Always fun to look back and uh, hear the stories behind the story. So that's it for this episode of The Real Deal Show. Hope you enjoyed that trip again down memory lane. If you're watching on YouTube, give me the thumbs up. Uh, post a comment and please subscribe so we can keep bringing you more real deal shows in the future i try to do these every sunday night but i do miss sometimes if it's a busy week i might not get a show out but uh, definitely will endeavor to continue to crank out um, shows once a week if i can pull that off and uh, that's it for this episode we'll see you next time and thanks for watching and listening on the podcast see you in the surf